What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Goal Podcast, Episode 7. My name is Christian Brady. I'm one of your hosts. I'm here with my friend Matt T.R., your other host. Matt, say hi to everyone. I'm a friend. That's exciting. Yeah. That you called new, me a friend. New development. It was acquaintance <laughs> before. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, before we start off the show, uh, John Walton emailed me not even 30 minutes ago, said, great work uh, on the radio. Awesome. So I didn't know about this till right now. Yeah, he uh, he said it was. It's always good taking advice from Joe B, who is the TV guy for the Caps, uh-huh. and then said he looks forward to my demo at the end of the season. So sick. Yeah, we're trying to make a tape. So actually, you guys could help with that if you notice a game where we're particularly good. Let us know. We'll try to pull clips from that for our tapes. For yeah, whatever portfolio, whatever you want to call uh, it. CU Tiger Vision on Facebook. And yeah, you can comment on it or send us whatever. Yeah, and Tiger Vision on YouTube. Uh, Friday the 14th of February is our next game. On YouTube, we will be doing live radio, and then the game will be posted the next day, uh, synced with the audio. I'm pretty critical of myself, but... Uh, it was good. It was People have, it was really people have been good. telling me it's good. I don't think so, but whatever. Mm, it's your first time ever calling a game. Yeah, so... Mm. You anyway, know, let's move on. Expectations are way too high. Um, shout out to Kevin Brady, your father, for <laughs> donating to the show. Yep. Shout out to Mark T. Art for donating to the show, yep, my thank father. You. Thank you, everybody. Um, yeah, let's roll with it. Shout out my mom, too. It's her money as okay. well. Well, thank you, Mom. My parents are divorced, but shout out Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and Oh, uh, she told me we shouted her out on the hockey broadcast, but shout out to Gary Blart. It's it's a family friend. Shout out. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Keep going. All right. Why don't we get into it? Yeah, please, God. The, uh, <laughs> the All-Star game was this past weekend. Uh, Friday was the skills competition. Saturday was the three-game tournament. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, I'll just <laughs> go through the skills competition. It was right a good time. It was a good time, huh? Hey. Uh, fastest skater was Matthew Barzell. Uh I'll just go through all of them right now. Yeah, just do it. Why not? Save streak, Jordan Bennington. Shooting accuracy, Jacob Slavin. Hardest shot, Shea Weber. And the shooting stars, which is the new event. Wait, hardest shot went to Patrick, Shea Weber? was Patrick Kane. Yes, it did. John Carlson, like, barely lost, I think. Oh, he did. Uh-huh. Are you kidding me? You really wanted Carlson to pick that one up? Yeah, 104.5. That's pretty insane. But Zidane Chara still holds the record at like 109 or point five. Oh, yeah, he he hit at 108, and then he broke his own record. He broke his own record twice. But um, 106.5 won it. That's insane. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's a clap a, bomb if I've a, ever seen one. It's a big shot. Uh, fastest skater, Barzell. Is that really a shock to anybody? Like, I mean, they put the fastest guys in the league in it. So like, you, I know, but Barzell's like known for being fast. Yeah, right? but he dethroned McDavid. Well, McDavid's getting up in there row. in age. He's like 24 <laughs> now. <laughs> McDavid is coming off of like what people were saying was a career-threatening knee injury at the end of last season. Just rehabbed all o- over the summer. Comes back and loses the fastest skater to the fastest guy in the league by like .04 seconds or yeah, something like, like that. a tenth of a it's second. Absolutely crazy. I don't know if you guys know the story about Connor McDavid, but the end of last season when the Oilers were already eliminated, it was every team's worst nightmare. The star hurts his knee. And people were saying, like, 
the first opinion, the first doctor he went to said you need major reconstructive surgery. The second one said, I've seen people rehab this before. You could, With how young you are, I think you could rehab this injury and not be non-invasive. Like, you can be non-invasive with surgery. Uh, do you know what the injury was? Was it torn ACL? I don't know what it was. Um, well, we do have the power of Google. Yeah, we do. So Christian's going to look that up. Because I know the reason I say that is guys like Amari Rogers on our football, the Clemson's football team, he came back in five months. Mm-hmm. And I heard um, from the Joe Rogan podcast when they were talking about he had some fighter on that was tore his ACL that it's a new way of doing surgery that instead of taking like a tendon from somewhere or a ligament from somewhere else in your body, they take the torn ligament and reattach it and then like put stem cells where the tor- the tear mm-hmm. was and then like your body naturally just starts reproducing cells and it heals a lot quicker because that's the original tendon. It's like insane that yeah. we have the technology to do this. Not but. to make this about golf, but that's what Brooks Capital most recently did for he had I think a partially torn meniscus. They put some threw some stem cells in there, whatever, completely non invasive surgery and he's back like two months. Yeah. Whereas ACLs are like nine to twelve months yeah. are now you can be one hundred percent at mm-hmm. five months, which yeah. is unbelievable. Crazy. Uh so he tore his PCL completely. Okay. Which the reason that, that I'm as far as I know, the PCL is like kind of in the middle. So surgery would have to be like really invasive because they got to go through everything and like reconstruct the entire knee because they got to go through it all. Could correct me if I'm wrong, uh, any of the listeners. PCL means patella. Is it patella? I thought patella was different. Like your patella tendon. Yeah. And then your patella is like your kneecap because my brother. Pretty sure CL is collateral ligament. Okay. Um, and well, I would assume P would be posterior. Posterior. Yeah, a yeah. cruciate ligament, ligament. Collateral, I don't know why. It's uh, posterior connects your femur to your tibia. Ow. Yeah, so not a great one to... <laughs> well, to any, of the, any of the CLs would probably hurt. Injury happens far less often than the ACL. So it's on the opposite side of the ACL. It's okay, so maybe it's the MCL. It's in the middle. M middle. I'm yeah. sure that's not what it stands for. Whatever. Immediate. Whatever. All right, we're not doctors. No, we're so. not. Do- clearly, we're not doctors. <laughs> but anyway. either way, like, what I do know about the PCL is like typically, if you tear the ACL and MCL, like you tear the PCL. But other than that, it really doesn't get torn. And you just said it's rare, so that's probably yeah, it's rare, true. like just to tear that one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely just to tear that. So it's weird. He, like, slammed it to the board's feet first, I think it was. And, like, whatever it was, he was obviously out for the season. There were only, like, four or five games left. But, yeah, it was scary. And then he's, like, 100% like eight weeks later. Well, it's, really, it's, it's, it's Connor freaking McDavid. Yeah, I know. It's a joke, though. Yeah. But, yeah, to bring this all back to fastest skater, I know we do this a lot. We do go on a lot of tangents and then have to be like, wait, what were we talking about? Here we are and then mis- right back. Misdiagnosing knee injuries and then we get back <laughs> to the fastest stater. All right, Barzell. Which I think he was the only Islander there, if I'm correct. So good for him. Yeah. Yeah, he was blazing. I think the only other one that was in contention was Brock Nelson. but mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar Nelson. Yeah, I think he was one of the last men in like nominees, but he didn't get voted in. 
Brock Nelson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TJ Oshie got that honor. Um, but anyway, save streak Jordan Bennington. That's sick to yeah, do that cool. in St. Louis. Conspiracy theory, they might have been feeding him some saves. It's the all-star. Because I know skills competition. two guys in a row didn't get shots off. Who cares? They were trying some crazy stuff. Whatever. And then I forget who it was. It was a blue – no, it was a Sharks player who put the Justin Bieber mask on. Oh, it was uh, – oh, gosh. What is his name? So it's not it. Hurdle, is I'll it? I'll explain it. Well, it could have been Hurdle. No, I don't think it was. I'll explain it. Um, Justin Bieber and Jordan Bennington a while back, like – Challenged each other. I forget who initiated it. I think Bieber initiated it and said, um, I will dye my hair blue or something if Jordan Bennington saves all 10 shots on a on a, a, a 10 breakaways It was me. to a mouse hurdle. Why am I so good? Yeah, that was awesome. Anyway. Good for you. <laughs> you said sharks, so it's like the only... Good sharks player that's not nine hundred years old is really Tomas Hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Bieber and Bennington like challenged each other and ended up being for charity. And apparently, it's going to happen. But then Tomas Hurdle put the Justin Bieber mask over his face and like kind of stumbled and like was making fun of Justin Bieber. Yeah, and then just couldn't see. He put the puck right into Bennington's pads. Either way, it was it was electric. Well, that, that's what would happen in real life because honestly, a Stanley Cup winning goalie versus Justin Bieber, like <laughs> Justin Bieber, also <laughs> switches teams once a week. Like he was a Toronto yeah, fan, like and Drake. then he, he's like Drake. Yeah. Well, Drake's actually a curse. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But uh, Jacob Slavin or Slavin, or it's Slavin, Slavin right? Shooting yeah. accuracy. Wasn't that a? Do you watch this right? Wasn't that a weird one, how they tried technology, like different technology yeah, so, other than the, the hard plastic? So, uh, like, we were at the game when this was going on at the Clemson game. So what I had heard on Twitter, it was, like, tough move for, like, the first time you use, like, LEDs or technology, whatever, for the hardest shot, which, by the way, even if it did work, I w- would not have been on board with. Yeah. They said, like, tough move that it breaks immediately. So what I thought originally would happen, and this is what I told you, was that they were hitting the targets and it wasn't registering. Uh, what actually happened was like it just shut off. Yeah. And they had to come out and replace the glass or whatever because surprise, surprise, NHL players can break plexiglass with their shots. Like one of the first shots broke the corner of That's it. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, Go back to like the, the styrofoam type material dude, those are, uh, yeah, that fine. just breaks it. Because Maybe those... they're kind of hard to clean up, but. You Who can cares? Fig- you can figure it out because that video of Ray Bork going four in a row just yeah. absolutely shattering those targets is, like, unbelievable. Oh, it's legendary yeah. to see a top-shelf shot just shatter one of those things. Like, do they think that more people are going to watch the skills competition now because it, there are lights on the on the net? No. Like, of course not. Yeah. People are there, so are already there. Exactly. You have the best names in hockey. You put them all together, you're going to Plus, it? it's people so legendary that. to have those, like, Old timey yeah. dots uh-huh. in the corners. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah, whatever. NHL fix it. Hardest shot. We already talked about it. Shea Weber. Good for him. You know, getting back in the spotlight after he's like the captain of Montreal now. For some mm-hmm. reason, Montreal's garbage. And yeah, I they still I won. think he's garbage. They still won that trade, and people are saying right away, like when they traded PK, they were like. You just traded the future of your franchise. And well, so Montreal, said, the GM said that. It was a straight-up trade, P.K. Subban, Shea Weber, and he was like, we won that deal. Yeah. 
you believe they won that deal? Montreal. Yeah. Yes. Okay, get out of here. I mean, I guess they still have him, but he hasn't really played a full season with Montreal I, yet. Yeah, it's true. I guess we would to see. P.K. Subban went to a cup final with Nashville. Yeah. So. We'd have to see the load that uh, Nashville was able to get for P.K. when they moved him to New Jersey. Well, I'll tell you what they got, not paying $9 million for a defenseman out of his prime. But I think the the deal at first, like the first three or four years, or three years I think it's been, mm-hmm. Nashville has won that trade. I think Because they, they got what they wanted out of P.K. Subban, and now they don't have to pay the $9 million contract. Yeah, I guess, but... Obviously, they didn't get exactly what they wanted. They wanted a cup, and they wanted a defenseman to score well, 70 points. Montreal wants the that. playoffs, and they can't even get there. Yeah, so, yeah. so the, Montreal isn't good, but Shea Weber is definitely producing. Like He's he's their best player right now. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, Other than Carey Price, he, so he's Shea, playing phenomenal Here's right the now. thing. Shea Weber right now is playing way better than P.K. Subban, but it's still a debate about who won the trade. Yeah. Because maybe... Nashville knew what they were getting. They knew he wasn't going to produce, but they wanted an extra piece to quarterback the power play or whatever it is. Yeah. So we, yeah, whatever. Agree to disagree. Nashville has had more success with P.K. Subban than Montreal has had without him. Yeah, and, I mean, we'll see five years down the road if Montreal can actually make something happen with their captain. So Yeah, it seems like they're close, but I don't know. I love Claude Julian. I just don't know if the game's passing by. Yeah. If he's willing to adapt, then he can stick around, but who knows. Yeah, and then shooting stars competition, Patrick Kane, which is awesome for him to just say, screw you, NBC, for not putting me on the top ten yeah, list. There had to be some type but of But I'm mistake. still the be- like one of the best players in the world. Yeah, this is a cool competition. It was kind of – so, like, there was one thing that was ten points, like one of the targets. Yeah. It, but the board that said ten was right behind a net that you had to get it in. And, like, on multiple occasions, the guys would go over the net and hit the board and think that it went in. But it didn't. Yeah. So it was cool. They got some kinks to work out. But, like, basically they put the guy in the stands on a platform and they put a net below them so that nobody got killed, which is always good. And then they would shoot from 30 feet into the stands, like, onto the ice to hit these targets. And, and it's cool. And each target was worth a certain amount of points. I thought that was really cool that the fans get that experience of, like, wow, I'm f- five feet from yeah, Patrick Kane. Yeah, they or, walk up right through them, yeah. which is cool. And, yeah. like, give high fives, hand away hats or whatever. Yeah. So the, cool. that's another way of just getting the fans involved in yeah. the All-Star weekend. Yeah, overall it was very good. We'll talk about the tournament right now. Uh, the first game was the East game, and the Atlantic made quick work of the Metropolitan. 9-5 to five was never close. He's giving me a look like I, like I care. Um, well, Carlson, You and, are a guy who takes credit for everything that he can possibly take credit well, for. Well, listen. Carlson and Oshi scored, so I'm happy. But how about Pasta scoring, like, what, 26 seconds into the game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Um, the It was so funny because we were at uh, CSP downtown, mm-hmm. Charleston Sports Pub, and they had, like, CBS on, and there wasn't any sport. Like, on four TVs, they had CBS and it was like running a showing a rerun of Andy Griffith, <laughs> and I'm like, "Are you freaking kidding?" And then like on four TVs at the bar, it was like Fox Sports two, so it was like the rerun of the Bundesliga game from a week <laughs> ago. And I was I asked our waitress, I'm like, "Can I get the 
NHL All-Star game on, please? And they put it on a TV behind me. So I'm, like, cranking my neck. Like, I know, Unbelievable. It's, I know it's South Carolina, but, like, still. Exactly. And then I was like, it's on NBC. She was like, show, what channel is that? You're going to show German soccer from three weeks ago? Yeah. It, I, anyway, so I got to see some of it is what I'm saying. Yeah. But, yeah, the it's Atlantic always, look. It's always fun. The Atlanta look really good. Um, they interviewed Jenna Fisher, who plays Pam on The Office, and wow, is she attractive. Uh, I think she's gotten more attractive since The Office has ended. Disagree. Whatever. They also interviewed John Hamm. Who's kind of like balding. Um, Jeez. I'm just like, no offense, but like, they didn't show like the best angle of him. So, by all accounts, he's an awesome guy and he knows his hockey, which is cool. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Jenna Fisher, a hockey mom, too. Jenna Fisher, I'm just, I'll stop while I'm ahead. All right, stop drawing. Yeah. God, I love Jenna Fisher. <laughs> I might be a blues fan just because of her. <laughs> no, if any reason for you to be a blues fan, it'd be to spite me. Now, well, the story with Layla is unbelievable. Yeah, that's true. So that that would read, be why I'm. She read the lineup card, which was awesome. Yeah, she was actually. She very, got a standing she was, ovation. She was very good at it. Yeah. One thing I heard too, and not to make this about Boston, but after the finals or like during it, whatever, when they were publishing the link for the hospital that was caring for Layla, um, the overwhelming majority of donations were from Boston. Like from the two week. cities, yeah. Which is all well from anywhere because I'm sure because Layla was a part of that team long before the Cup final. Like Blues fans knew about her before that, mm-hmm. so I'm sure like whatever Boston all donated within a two week span, and yeah, that St. Yeah. Louis has been donating. I get what year, you're saying. So it's like it's very still, concentrated stats, but that's still, still really, really cool, cool for Boston fans who get a bad rep sometimes just to put that. And I would expect them to, but also it's just a cool story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Atlantic beats Metro. Hopi actually looked pretty good. Yeah, he looked very good. He yeah. looked insanely good on Monday night against the Canadians. The Canadians. And my brother tagged me and our podcast with this video. Was it Stephen A? Yeah. Yeah. Apologize to me. Yeah. Apologize right now. And it, the caption was like, for anybody who wanted to trade Hopi, <laughs> like adding me. And look, which, I'm gonna. Which brother was it? Zach, because yeah. he's he's a Cavs fan, Nick's Zach's, a Bruins fan. Zach's the number one good goal podcast commenter mm-hmm. right now. Him and Will, yeah. are up there. Oh, that's true, Will too. Um, and I just want to put it out there. I'm gonna pull a Donald Trump and like go back on what I was saying and just pretend that I didn't say what I said. Like, there's videos of me saying it, but I'm just gonna pretend like that's not real. Like, like that's Photoshop. Like the Soviet Union will just erase it. Yeah, exactly. Like the NHL does when there's an offside. So let's just pretend like last week or two weeks ago I didn't say anything about trading Holpe. Mm-hmm. But the argument I'm trying to make right now in this moment is it's not that I want to trade Holpe. It's that he's going to be gone at the end of the season. We might as well get something for him is kind of was my attitude the whole time. Yeah. And we're not going to get back into this because I think we talked about it for like 45 minutes yeah, less. Yeah, so. that's fine. I'm just saying like, yeah, it's basically I'm, not, like I'm not like we have to trade Hopi. He's a liability. It's like it's guaranteed he's gone because we can't afford him. Mm-hmm. Let's get a first round pick or something for him. Yeah. But I'm not opposed to your argument of he's won us a cup before. We have to ride with him in the playoffs. Right. Like it's we like, have to. Do you risk losing the cup? 
to get guys for the future. Because Sam's an off never starts. Because yeah. when you think about it, all you're ever trying to do is win the cup. Yeah. So it's like you can't gar- you can't even close to guaranteed with to that whatever you get for Holpe is going to guarantee you to win a cup. When so you, when you have a real good chance to win it this year. And I'm now like going back through our conversation, and your argument makes more sense than mine does. Whereas like we're not. We're not the devils, like, trying to build for the mm-hmm. future. Like, we're the number one team in the league right now. And I would much rather us have an early exit with Holpe and, like, we did all we could than trade Holpe at the deadline and we lose with Samsonoff and then we could point to that reason of, well, if we had Holpe. Right. Like, it's either do you go into the playoffs with a chance of regret or do you just go all out and say, Holpe, this is our last run. Yeah. Let's, let's win it. Yeah, good point. So. Anyway, shut up, Zach, is my whole point. Uh, the Pacific, in the best game of the night, the Pacific versus the Atlantic. It's 5-4 final, which is lower scoring. But it Oh, was, we didn't talk about Pacific Central. It was a great game. Oh, yeah, Pacific beat the Central. Uh, the Central is like both are have low point counts. Like all the teams are really close because they're all in the 50s Yeah, pretty much. The Central has like better teams on top. The Pacific is literally every single team is in the 50s and like Anybody can win it, including the Kings right now. Yeah. Which is insane that we talk about the Pacific, like, as a whole, isn't as talented. Like, they keep beating themselves up, right? Well, yeah, this is the point I was going to make, is, like, the teams aren't as good. But, like, the Pacific, I think, has the most individual talent, if you just think about all the players. Yeah. Okay. I can definitely see that. Because McDavid's there. Uh, Other people are there that I can't think of. Uh, Johnny Hockey. Yeah, Johnny Tomas Hurdle. Mm-hmm. Darcy Kemper. Who, RIP? No. he's uh, Is he back from injury yet? No. No? Gosh, that stinks, too, because he was, like, front-runner for the Vesna. What's that guy's name that was the all-star goalie for the Pens? Because, like, Matt Murray's been hurt. Tristan Jerry. I've never heard of Jari. him. Jari. Never heard of him. He's like leading the league right now. Why? He's probably their starting goalie going forward. Why? I don't know. I mean, they're, Matt Murray's not good. They've like. The can Penguins, we just agree on that? If you lift the puck against Matt Murray, you're going to put eight goals in every night. His glove is weak. Yeah, no, he hasn't played great at all. And that's all relative because obviously I can't go out there and play goalie and you know <laughs> have 41 saves on yeah, 43 I goes, shots. I think it goes without saying that everything we say here is uh, should be taken in with the. Definitely with a grain of salt. Yeah, or like, let's see what I'm trying to say here. Everything should be taken with the background being only the NHL. Like, take it all in a vacuum, basically. Yeah. We're not comparing ourselves to any of these players. Let's pretend like me and you are Connor McDavid having this conversation. Like, Connor McDavid's earned the right to say. You guys all stink at hockey. Yes, yes. I'm the best player ever. Yeah, exactly. I like this. Obviously, we're not, and we couldn't even hold McDavid's jockstrap. No. We couldn't even play in the Federal Prospects Hockey League, which we're going to talk about later. <laughs> well, what's funny is there's some people in the NHL who can't even hold McDavid's jockstrap. So, like, <laughs> we're, so, we're so far Not below everybody else. It's insane. Imagine McDavid's, like, a jet airliner 30,000 feet. We're like the Mariana Trench <laughs> yeah. below the ocean. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Pacific, like you said, beats Atlantic. Tournament MVP, David Pasternak. That's not really a surprise, though. Yeah, it was weird that the winning team didn't get it, but like he scored five goals, I think. 
and three assists in two games. So, I mean, right now you're gonna like absolutely love that I'm saying this, but right now he's the best player in the world, like the way he's mm-hmm. playing. Mm-hmm. So, I want to talk about this. I have a friend who I'm not gonna name in case he hears this, which is a very low chance that he hears it. But he's a Caps fan. He's from the D.C. area. It's not you. And <laughs> David Postonok, we were watching a game together. Like It was against Vegas, I think. Pasta scored his second goal of the game. And I said, you're looking at the best player in the world. I said it to my roommate who's also a Bruins fan. And like I was just getting fired up because oh, I, you told I me love David Postonok. And I was like, "This is you're looking at the best player in the world. And he goes, that's a stretch. I'm like, yeah? He's like, how come I even haven't even heard his name before? How come I don't even know who that is? And I was like, okay, we're not going to talk about this. Yeah, at that point, you just say, all right, fair enough. It's like, like the thing you mentioned with, I guess, not really your friend, but someone you know who's a Vegas fan. And it's like, at some point, it's just like having a conversation about hockey with you or having an argument about hockey with you is completely pointless because I know that whatever I say, either you're not going to understand or like, that's like me trying to argue with somebody who knows about tennis. Yeah. Right? Like It's like neither of you have a chance of winning that argument. Because if you're the pl- person who knows way more about tennis... You're just talking to a wall. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and if you're the wall, you have nothing interesting or important to say at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, he's probably a great guy because he's a Cavs fan. But he is a great guy. How do you, Alex Pigeon. How do you not know that? Like, if anybody well, I said, has watched hockey, they I said know who Caps fan on purpose because he's not a hockey fan. Okay, but he's from the DC area, right? So, like, naturally, like a lot of people, which hockey has a problem with this. We're like, and we're doing it right now, and we're like, we want to grow this game as big as we can. But then on Twitter, when someone's like, "Why did Gallant get fired?" Like, I love Gallant. And someone would be like, "You don't know anything about." The Vegas Golden Knights, like, you shouldn't even be talking about hockey on Twitter. And it's like, well, what do you want? Like, do you want your game to get bigger, or do you want to just insult everybody that doesn't know what it is? Yeah, they've been watching it for nine months. It's like The Office, and I always say (laughs) that I say this like five times a day that I can tie anything that happens in life to The Office. Yeah, it's like the Finer Things Club. Okay, (laughs) like, do you want? This is good. Do you want this group to grow? And if you haven't seen The Office, what are you doing with your life? It might be the greatest show that's ever been produced. But do you want, like you said, do you want this game to grow, which it needs to because it's the best sport in the world? Or do you want to be like the Finer Things Club of we're just not going to let you in because you don't think the way we do? Yeah, and then they finally let Jim in. And And then he makes jokes. He's like, top of the morning to you. (laughs) Uh, and then he's like, it was a great read in the books about like twins dying did, yeah, or something. He did not read yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So, do you let like, I don't know. Obviously, we want the game to grow, but it's a it's such a struggle to try to have a conversation with someone who's like trying to argue with you that knows nothing about hockey. Like my roommate Thomas, I love him. Mm-hmm. He's never argued about hockey with me. He wants to learn it. Yeah. I'm definitely willing to sit there, watch a hockey game, explain what icing is. Like, I showed him the other day, like I said before, a 10-minute video of overtime goals in the playoffs. Like, just showing the magnitude. Like, I'm definitely willing to answer all your questions. 
But if I know nothing about hockey, and then you're like, yes, pasta, best player in the world, and I'm like, that's a stretch. <laughs> and if he's listening, I'm sorry, but, like, why he's, even he's make not. the comment, right? Yeah. Like, right. do you yeah, want... that's the thing. Yeah, that's where the line is drawn. It's like, you start an argument, or... Like, the, the example I use with Gallant, like, that's completely innocent. Like, someone going on Twitter being like, I wish we didn't fire Gallant. He seemed like a great guy. And then someone who happens to not like Gallant and is a big Peter DeBoer guy, he'll come in and like be like... Like the guy in my class? He'll be like, okay, well, you obviously know nothing about hockey because Gallant is whatever. I don't know what argument you could use against Gallant. He's been awesome since he's been there. <laughs> yeah. But... If they just say, you don't know anything about hockey, like, obviously you're just a casual fan. You just started watching, like, last year, a couple of years ago. Like, get off Twitter. Stop talking about hockey. You don't deserve to talk about hockey until you know about it. It's like, well, what are you doing? So that's... Do you like hockey? It's such a... Or do you just like arguing? It's such a... I don't want to say it's such a big problem, because it's not really, but... No, it's, <laughs> it's, there are big problems, and they're not... None of them have to do with hockey. Yeah, but... To think that someone who's trying to just get involved in the hockey community and someone's just shutting that down is frustrating. Yeah, it is. For someone who wants to see the game. Like, it has so much potential to pass baseball or basketball. It's never going to pass. Nothing's going to pass football. But it has the potential to pass baseball, basketball as a top four sport because baseball's dying. Mm -hmm. Basketball is boring. R.I.P. Kobe. I love that man. Yeah. But nobody sits and watches a regular or a regular season game two of basketball, right? Yeah, people hockey, do, but, but hockey, right. yeah. you have those nights like Wednesday night rivalries and stuff where it's uh-huh. like it's so insane. It's like playoff atmosphere, sold out crowd, goals matter. I don't know. I and that's clearly biased of someone they're who showing, loves the sport of hockey. But. They're showing clips from like nineteen eighty seven where the teams fight off the dot, like, off the puck drop. Like, everybody's bloody. And by the third period, like, almost nobody can move, and it's like, there's history to it. Like, And that's game three of the 1987 yeah, season. exactly. Yeah. Just, yeah. Hockey's so good that way, where it used to be so hostile, where, like, you can still rekindle these rivalries. Like, every time Boston plays Montreal, it's still a huge deal. Even though Montreal in the past three years has been, couldn't hold a candle to Boston. It's still, like, amazing to watch. Still original six. Right. And since, like, since even probably, like, the 90s, the teams haven't been really good at the same time. Like, they played in the first round maybe twice that I can remember in my lifetime. I just feel you're from Boston, so you'll you'll get this reference and you can comment on, mm-hmm. w- like, what it means to you. Clearly, you're a diehard Celtics fan just because you're from Boston, right? Mm-hmm. So... I, I just feel like hockey means so much more, and, and like this is how you can answer the question. Celtics-Lakers play on a Wednesday night. Boston-Montreal plays the same night. Mm. Who are you watching? Who am I watching? Yeah. You know who I'm watching. Exa- okay, but there's the two, fans are so two. much more invested in Montre- Boston-Montreal than Celtics-Lakers. Yeah, people say a lot that Boston's a hockey town, but there's definitely some truth to the fact that the groups don't, really overlap. It's like, if you're a diehard fan of one, you're a casual fan of the other. Okay. There aren't a ton of people and who that's, are like... And that's why I wanted to ask. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say there's probably more diehard Bruins fans than Celtics fans. But obviously, that's the world that I live in. I just feel like the Bruins is a way of life. 
Whereas the Celtics, you're just a fan. It's definitely true that the city shuts down in late May when the when the Bruins are still in it. And I, granted, it's been since 07 since the Celtics made a run or 08, but I don't think the city really shuts down in the same way. Okay. So like it captivates a, a bigger audience when the Bruins are in it. But I don't know. I guess I'm I'm about to just argue against myself here, but the Kings won two cups in three years. The Lakers could be like the year Kobe retired. He hit 60, and people were – there was 100,000 people outside the stadium for Kobe's mm-hmm. last game. And I don't even think, like, the Kings arena was sold out. Like, for you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's – Yeah. It's so – it's and just different. Kobe's kind of an exception, but, like – and we'll bring this back to the argument of, like, why hockey could get so big. And it's because the NBA with loyalty, like, leaving, it seems like loyalty is rising in the NHL where stars – are like there for the long haul. Like the it was so hard for Boston to fall in love with Kyrie Irving because he's there for a year before he started like talking bad about his teammates and like people were like, "All right, I'm already sick of this guy. I want him out of here." Well, the NBA is about egos. Right. And it's so easy to fall in love with Patrice Bergeron and even now Pasternak and Tory Krug and all these guys and for Washington Ovechkin, obviously, Backstrom, Carlson. Oshie. Oshie, these guys are here for a while and who plan on being here for a while. It's so easy to get attached to them, which is why hockey could be huge. But L.A. is an exception because maybe now with LeBron it's different. But like, I just think, like, the Kings were, for three years, they were either the best team in the league or second best. Because mm-hmm. like, we, we talked about series of the decade, Kings, Blackhawks. For three years, they were the best team in the world, hockey team, and they couldn't even, I'm just going to use yours, they couldn't even hand a, hold a candle to the Lakers. Like, the Lakers were bad then, but the Lakers had so much more going on. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like the Bruins is a diff, like is a way of life. Yeah. But that that's it for the Lakers, too, where it's not for the Kings. Yeah. The only thing is, like, with Kobe being there his entire career for whatever it was, 17 years or something like that. Yeah. It's like you don't get that as much. Or 20. 21. 20 years. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like it's almost like in the whole NBA is like this. You fall in love with a certain guy, and you were a big Steve Nash fan, right? Yeah. And you were a fan wherever he went. It's like that's so much more common. Like, if you're a Connor McDavid fan, you're going to be an Oilers fan for life. Yeah. Just because, like, you fall in love with the team, and it's like there are so many guys on the team that if you pick one, it just seems weird. Because you, you can't watch an NHL game, even for Connor McDavid, or we'll use Drew Doughty as an example. If you're from L.A. and you love Drew Doughty and he plays 30 minutes a night, that's still only half the game. What are you doing watching the other half of the game? Yeah, whereas LeBron in the playoffs plays 47 minutes. Exactly. So you're going to watch a – right, it's a 48-minute game. Yeah. He's out for, like, two minutes in the third quarter. Yeah. Well, in the finals, he probably doesn't come out of the game. And it's like it's easy to love LeBron and watch that game because he could do something at any moment on the floor. But to be a hockey fan and try to follow one guy is impossible. Yeah. So maybe fans in L.A. are more in love with Kobe than they are with the Lakers. I get I get maybe, that. Maybe not. This is like way above – our pay grade, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's definitely an interesting question to ask of like, 
what can the NHL do to become a bigger I'm like blanking on all the words I want a bigger phenomena mm-hmm. in the US because it's considered one of the big four but it's clearly number four I was thinking about this before it's like Hockey fans have a bond no matter what team that they cheer for, and that's not true of any other the four major sports because there are so many people in the U.S. that just don't have a hockey team that they follow. But if it's like if you live in New York and you're not even if you're not a baseball fan, you still identify with either the Mets or the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. With hockey, you can live in North Carolina and be like, I have no like they were in the playoffs. I can't year, even. I can't even name a Keats player. They? Yeah, exactly. I don't even know how this started, but I don't know either. But um, yeah, I'm glad we had this conversation. Yeah, this it's is a conversation yeah. that needs to be had because oh, it all started with your friend saying he doesn't know who pasta is. But it it's a conversation that needs to be had where it's like, and this is another reason why we want young American players to be able to play in the Olympics to grow this sport. But the conversation of why isn't hockey bigger? Because the people that do watch it have to beg everyone else to watch it because it's the greatest sport in the world, we believe, but Mm -hmm. it just is. Yeah. Right? Like, playoff goals mean so much to an entire city. Whereas, like, you have to hit a buzzer beater for it to matter. Uh Or baseball you go in the 17th inning the other team still gets a chance <laughs> yeah you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah, it yeah, could still yeah. be like they go up and then you head to the bottom of the 17th inning it could still be a freaking hour mm. before the game's over because people are fouling off balls you got to go to commercial break yeah, one guy's with, challenging a pitch same with basketball so you get down to three minutes left that guy hits a dagger three what you think is a dagger three but the rest of the game is going to take 45 minutes because it each team still has four timeouts left and whatever. By the end of the game, it's just chaos, like inbounding and hitting a shot. And then you're like, wait, how many possessions? Like, you're just thinking about all that. Hockey is just like so natural. It's like you score a goal with three minutes left. It's like now they can lock down. And it's so electric just watching all that. But it's also like they're going to pull their goalie. Uh-huh. They have a legit chance to tie this up. So right. it, it yeah. keeps you invested. There's a reason people say one-shot game because any time a team, and I, I've used this reference before, in the playoffs, a game can change every single time the puck passes the blue line. Yeah. Which is incredible. It's like hockey, I mean, basketball, like, there's 150 points. Yeah, and you also know when he crosses half court, whether, like, if LeBron's not on the court, who cares that the <laughs> yeah. ball crosses half court? Yeah. Honestly, right? Mm-hmm. Or a team's up by seven with forty-eight seconds left. It's still five on five. Mm-hmm. Regardless, you don't mm-hmm. get to pull an extra guy on. Yeah, yeah. Hockey's better than every other sport. Yeah, That's so, pretty much what yeah, all this boils exactly. down to. Exactly. All right, Drew Doughty. <laughs> Let's get back. Like, yeah, well, let's just well, pretend yeah. like we didn't go off on a twenty-minute yeah, tangent. I think we're going to talk a lot later about. Jordan okay. Well, we have it for two hours. Right, so. so let's. Yeah. Um. This is another thing I love about hockey is that these Ironman streaks just mean so much to people. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Drew Doughty at risk of breaking 460-game Ironman streak tonight. Left early practice on Monday. Todd, you you put in the notes Todd McClellan, and I was like, what? Brian McClellan? I don't know. The GM for the Caps. So, I, are they even related? Oh. Are they related? No idea. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he's the fifth longest active Ironman streak. In what other sport are you going to hear about Keith Yandel? Like, let's say J.R. Smith gets a ball to the teeth, nine teeth out. Is he going to come back in the fourth quarter? Probably not. Yeah. Right? Keith yeah. Yandel, puck to the teeth. We talked Comes about back this. in the third period, has emergency surgery the next day. The following day plays, what, 22 minutes? He was having surgery on his mouth like every game, every day for like two weeks because of that. Like in between Just games. Every single day they would put a crown on one tooth, root canal on another. Like, Yeah. All to, all to keep the streak alive. No other sport no. in the world. If a, if a basketball player plays 78 games, it's like, wow, that guy has a ton of endurance. But Keith Yandel, a couple years ago, played 84 games in an 82-game season because he was traded from Arizona to New York, and New York had two games in hand. <laughs> and they flew him in on the team jet. He th- he's since said, he was like, as soon as he got traded and there was a game the next night, he thought, this is where it ends. Like, that stinks. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. The owner of the Rangers sent his private plane to Arizona, picked him up in Glendale, went to Peterborough, whatever, the one of the smaller airports in Peterborough, one of the smaller sure. airports near New York City. They buzzed him into the city, and he played that night, the day he got traded. Just to save the streak, he ended up playing 84 games that season. That's what I'm saying. It means so much more. Uh-huh. But let's get back to Drew Doughty. Right. So tonight, Drew Doughty, he was... He was on your decade list, mm-hmm. right? So this guy is such an animal. This would just suck if he if he didn't get to play tonight. Yeah, and Tom McClellan says it's in serious risk of being broken tonight. That he's very questionable, I think was the quote. Do you know what his injury is? No, I don't. I know he left practice. And we've talked about this before. Hockey's so vague. So even if I went to Google and looked it up. Yeah. But yeah, he left practice on Monday. Like we said, this this is the fifth longest active streak. Undisclosed, of course. <laughs> right. Actually, that is probably a good sign, which means that he might actually play. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Todd McClellan said he warned his team, guys, we're going 5-D tonight because Drew Doughty's going to hit the ice for the first shift. He's going to open the game, skate right off the ice, and then go get work done and not play the rest of the game just to keep the streak alive. Yeah, it just says he's set to miss his first game since April 12, 2014. Injury or illness has not been disclosed. He hasn't been able to practice since the bye week. 460 games. It, this article from JulesFromTheCrown.com, which seems like a Kings page, says his streak of 460 games will come to an end. So it's uh, yeah. The article I read was written yesterday, so it sounds like maybe more. And this was this was four hours ago. Okay. Yeah, that just stinks. Forty three minutes ago. That updated. stinks. Because what was it? Twenty fourteen that this started. April twelfth, twenty fourteen was so the last time he missed a game. So it's five and a half seasons with a lockout in there. So we'll say four seasons, five yeah. seasons. That's awesome. Of yeah. It'll be six years like since I he said, missed a game in April. And like if he I can said, come out tonight. this guy's taking way more of a beating than Kawhi Leonard is every night. 
And he plays 82 games a year without exception. He has, like, no two front teeth. Yeah. I know. We're just making all these arguments of why hockey's so much better than everybody else. Also, we don't like basketball, and it should be stated that because we talk about basketball a lot. At least I don't like the NBA. No. And I don't care about college basketball until March. Yeah, same. All right. um, What about this one? Yeah, I actually want to talk about the active streaks. We touched on Keith Yandel. Oh, okay. Phil Kessel's still got one going. He's at 825. Patrick Miles at 835, and Keith Yandel's at 846. I've been very, 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 very vocal about how horrible that trade from Pittsburgh was. Um, And obviously, we've talked about Jim Rutherford kind of was in a pickle. Uh, Malkin, if this is true... The rumor I heard was Malkin marched into Rutherford's office and said, it's either me or Phil Kessel. I can't deal with him in the locker room anymore. So, obviously, Malkin's a first ballot Hall of Famer, I believe. Been there much longer. Yeah. Um, he's Other than Crosby, he's the face of the front. Like, him and Crosby mm-hmm. kind of did it together. Um, but they got Peter Gubrunson, Gubrunson, Mm-hmm. And he was on long-term IR for like two months, three months. So it's just funny to see that they traded yeah. a guy who has the second longest active Ironman streak, Which, never <laughs> missed a game for the Pens, and then they trade him for Brunson, and he long-term IR. Yeah, anyway. it stinks because it sounds like they didn't really have a choice. Yeah. And by all accounts, both guys are like pretty easy to get along with. I've never heard problems with either of them until this. I, I mean, I heard a rumor that also that Kessel was being a cancer in the locker room. Which but. is weird because I've heard hilarious stories about him, how, like, he'll be <laughs> he'll be drinking Diet Coke after practice and guys will be, like, drinking water and be like, hey, you don't want to drink that. It's not good for you. And then it'll give him the Diet Coke. He'll be like, what is this? The guy will take a sip. It's like, it's Diet Coke. It's better. So he's telling people not to, like. <laughs> not to drink water and to drink Diet Coke, <laughs> which is proven to be terrible for you. Like, probably the worst thing you could put in your body. <laughs> no wonder he looks like Cheeseburger Phil, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, yeah, and then... It's like, the do you want to replenish your electrolytes? No. The th- take, a di- <laughs> take a Diet Coke. Drink a Diet Coke so you can cramp up yeah, 10 minutes exactly. later. The thing that comes to mind with Evgeny Malkin is the whole thing with Max Talbot, do you remember? He was, like, he was doing a press conference about... Press conference? Press conference about Max Talbot. And they were asking him, like, what it's like having a linemate like that. And he's like, well, it's pretty good, but he has a little bit bad hands. <laughs> and it just seems like both guys are so funny. And, like, they're easy to get along with. I don't know. Maybe their sense of humor clashed. Yeah, or maybe they both wanted to be the funny guy. <laughs> I don't know. I think Monken's actually pretty quiet. So you can see how he wouldn't be like Phil, like, stop. He would just go upstairs. Yeah, that makes sense. But anyway... We Drew Dowdy, if you're listening, get your ass on the ice. Yeah, exactly. Play it. Play eight seconds. There you go. Play lefty. Play one shift. When the puck drops, turn beeline to the bench. So get off and go right down the top. Just yeah, just guarantee that y'all win the faceoff. Ice the puck, fake an injury, bam. He is injured. He doesn't <laughs> have to fake an injury. I know, but icing he can't leave the bench, so he's gonna have to like fall yeah. down. Yeah. So it sounds like he couldn't practice since bye week. That's what they were saying. Which means, like, that's almost a week that he's been hurt. 
So last bad. Monday. And they say he's day-to-day, so I would assume he'd come back. Come the, the on, Drew. Day. I know. Come on, dude. This would be awesome if they're telling everybody he can't play and everyone's like mourning the loss of the Ironman streak and then bang, Drew Dennis. And then you, Stone Cold. Number eight starts. Stone again. Cold's music plays. You hear the glass breaks <laughs> and he walks out. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, let's. I want you to introduce this one because what the heck just went on? This is a couple days ago. So a young man by the name of Brody Duncan. He plays for the Mentor Icebreakers in the Federal Prospects Hockey League, which I took a jab at earlier. The FPHL. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the end of a 7-2 loss in the waning seconds, he took a clap bomb at the Carolina Thunderbirds bench and promptly got completely beat up by their team. Like three guys jumped on him. He got his face caved in by these guys. And then he got a 15-game suspension after that for firing a slap shot into their bench. It's literally, it's such a shocking video to watch. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually, I'll go retweet it on the Good Goal Podcast Twitter right now, at Good Goal Podcast, so you guys can all see it. But So my initial thoughts are, the dude gets the puck at center ice, consciously thinks like there's a second pause and then consciously thinks this is a great idea I'm gonna lift my stick for a slap shot and just beam it into the bench it looked like a one-timer off the face-up oh my god no I if you're pulling it up it was definitely off a face-up I know but it it seemed like there was a second pause where he was like let's just you know what let's just go for it Mm mm-hmm I get you're frustrated that you're down 7-2, but in the Federal Prospects Hockey League, come on. I'll play the audio right now. From, from him, you know something's obviously going on. That was slapped at the Carolina bench by Brody Duncan, and now he's going to get jumped. <laughs> Michael Bunn is delivering the pain, <laughs> raining in left fists. We're going to get pulled for copyright, but that that guy's voice, one, is insane. Like, good. Yeah, he's good. That voice is good. And second of all, he deserved every punch he got to slap shot. What goes through this guy's mind before he does that? I don't know, dude. But Whatever. he got 15 games, and you put an absolute beating. <laughs> 15 games, though. He should be done. Who does that? I know. Sounds like the guy's future is at stake if you throw him out of the league. But I don't know how many people are going from the mentor icebreakers to the to, NHL. To the Washington Capitals, yeah. yeah. Wow. Cool. Anyway, this one's kind of interesting. Yeah, so this is an interesting story. The University of Georgia, which I'll describe their situation right now. Right now they play in a temporary arena in Athens that's called the Aikens Ford Arena at the Classic Center. I originally thought this was in Aikens, Georgia, but it turns out it's downtown in Athens. It's okay. just called Aikens, like that's probably the last name of somebody. Yeah. It's disassembled in the fall. Or disassembled at the end of... No, okay, listen. They take <laughs> out in the... <laughs> In the fall, they take out all the seats that are on the floor because it's usually like a concert hall or something like that. Yeah. They take out all those seats, they lay a sheet of ice down, and then they play all throughout the fall and into the winter. 
Then at the end of January, like right at the end of the club hockey season, they melt the ice and they put all the seats back in and they start their concert season or whatever again. And they're whatever. The hockey team is forced to move across the street and play at like a... It's owned by the same central... Let's see what it's called. The Classic Center. It's owned by the same thing, but it's called like the Pavilion at the Classic Center. And they have to play outside, which... If you can imagine in Georgia can be an issue if the temperature goes up above 50, which I imagine it does like regularly, then they can't play. They only have two games on the schedule right now at home uh, at this the end is, of the year. Sorry, this is the classic center. This is where we're wrestling this weekend, Clemson wrestling. Re- yeah, so it's a big thing. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Uh, now the team, the state has approved a 5,500-seat, $34 million state-funded hockey arena. To be permanently put in, I think at the Classic Center, that's unclear, but somewhere right next to the Athens campus, they're putting in over 5,000 seats for a hockey arena. Right now, like, when they take all the seats out, it's about 2,000 seats for the hockey team, which is, I mean, the pavilion plays at a place where you, if you jump, you hit your head on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, where Clemson there, plays, there's there about- 40 seats there. Yeah, there's about 40 seats and only five people show up. They're all benches. And they have a 2,000-seat arena right now, and they get people in the stands. And, th- Grant, like, let's remind everybody, I was get, I was going on a rant to my roommates. They didn't deserve to hear this, but I was going on a rant. We just beat this team 3-2, to two, and they're getting a $34 million stadium, and we can't even afford ice time at the Pavilion in Taylor, South Carolina. So... To put this all in perspective, Penn State, who is surging now as a hockey program, is surging because they just put in a brand new arena. They're obviously a Division One program. Yeah, they just put in a brand new arena, which and facility, which helps recruiting like a ton. Like nobody's business. That a Division One state of the art arena holds six thousand seats, and this would be just under that at fifty five hundred. So the question has to be raised. Is Georgia looking at starting a Division One hockey program? It looks like they are. So there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot at play here. The team has like a dozen sponsors already, which is wild. And you can see at the bottom of their website and on their jersey, they have advertisers. Uh, they've outsourced their broadcasting to like a separate company, which we met with the other day. They're nice guys. Yeah. But, but they get paid professionally to do it. Right. And we <laughs> pay gas money and food to go up there and broadcast. It's costing us money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia obviously has a little bit of a hockey market because the Atlanta Thrashers went there and thought that they could succeed and didn't. But part of the reason of that is they were never any good. They were terrible when they moved there, and then they were terrible the whole time they were there. And obviously they left because... Who wants to go watch their team get beat 7-1 by the Bruins? And it stinks because Winnipeg's good now. But. Yeah, Winnipeg is good now. So you'd think that Atlanta would, like, maybe they would gather some attention now that they'd be here. I say here or near Atlanta. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like a paradox where hockey teams are only going to do well in the South if they're good, and they're only going to be good if anybody pays attention to them. Well, is Alabama Huntsville? I think that's like the only team down south that's D1. Are they any good? Do they have a D1 team? 
When you look up Alabama Huntsville, hockey's the first thing that comes up. Wow. And yes, NCAA Division One college ice hockey program. Good for them. Only one of two ice hockey programs in the Sun Belt, the other being Arizona State, who made the Frozen right. Four tournament. So this is what I wanted to talk about. I looked at what sort of went into the decision to make Arizona State a D1 program, and the first thing they did was build a state-of-the-art arena for their club team. Then after that, they start. Now there are noted differences. Oh my God, they are bad. <laughs> They're one nineteen and four. Okay. Yeah, but this is all relative because they played Minnesota State, who's what number two in the country. No, they play a Division One schedule. Yeah, you, they played North Dakota. So North Dakota is the number one team in the country, right? Yeah, they lost to them five to two. Twice. Twice. If you can keep it relatively like within three goals against the number one team in the country. You're doing things. I only see one loss over two goals on here, or over three goals. Yeah, Bowling Green. And then they lost the next night to Bowling Green in overtime. So, it's all again, it's all relative. 119 and whatever, but, but they're making they're, moves. Yeah, so they're a legit program. Maybe not a legit D1 program, but they're obviously a great hockey program with D1 talent. Yeah. If they can compete with teams like that. The first thing to get back to this that Arizona State did... They've always Sorry. had a successful club program. It's fine. They built a new arena like on campus or whatever. Maybe they renovated one, but they had the arena. Then they started building up their program, playing a increasingly more mixed schedule, playing Division One opponents and then ACHA, American Club Hockey Association, which is what Clemson, Georgia, what, what they all play in. Yeah. And then they went to D1 after they had played a combined schedule where they competed with teams who wanted to come play them or wanted them to come in and play because hockey's a community. They're giving them a shot. So I, what I find is interesting is that the ACHA has D3, D2, D1, and then obviously the NCAA. This is what I was going to say. Okay. No, you can go say it. But the notable difference is that Arizona State, since the 80s, had a ton of success at ACHA Division One, and Georgia, from what I can tell, has never won a national championship at Division Three, which leads you to believe that there's no chance that they have any kind of. But I want to emphasize that D1 ACHA and D1 NCAA are night and day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Arizona State won like five in a row in the ACHA when they were because they were still technically a part of it. They were probably playing close to like 45, 50 games that season. Where, and I get what you're saying, they were a powerhouse at ACHA, so like naturally it just made sense. Mm -hmm. Georgia just lost to Clemson, and that's their first reg Clemson's first regulation win all season, and they're going to go up because they have funding? But here's... Like, yeah. why do they have the funding for a team that just lost... So here's the thing. Obviously, they have interest. They regularly sell out their 2,000-seat arena to their students, which that's number one thing. Then they have advertisers in the area. That's next. Now they might have the arena, which is, the school doesn't even... The team doesn't even have to pay for it. The state's going to put it in because I guess they think other people are going to use it for whatever reason. The state's putting up almost all of the $34 million to make it. And maybe the school puts up a little more. Or, like, obviously way less, but, like, a little more than... Like, adding on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
I, dude, I don't. It know. seems like the trajectory is kind of there because now that they have all this in place, they could start building the program. They have a recruiting tab on their website, which tells you that people are looking to play for their team, and they're going out to look for players who want to play for them. Are me and you transferring to Georgia or what? Like, so they have the market, they have the funding, and now they might have the arena. Maybe now they start building the program. They haven't even close to started building. So the maybe program. they're just laying the foundation, and then the team will be good, mm-hmm. right? How do we do that here? Because that's was kind of my mindset when I met with Isaiah. Like, let's get ads. Let's at least start making money. Like, and I talked to Ryan Sweeney. Shout out to our GM at Tiger Vision today about we're going to do hockey next season we need to start making money or at least like <laughs> get our meals paid for yeah. right cuz right now we're paying our own gas paying our own meals like it's we already the legit. club already paid for our own equipment to do it all yeah so and that's that's in house tiger vision mm-hmm. whereas these people are getting state their state funded arena all these ads are paying for their jerseys mm-hmm. and their rink and promotions at their the, arena. You have to imagine that the school is putting stuff into them because obviously the school cares about the team. Yeah. Or so else this never would have gone through. Cause obviously, if they're building an arena that the number one team playing there is the UGA hockey team, which, by the way, does not use the word club anywhere that I can find. But they are the ice dogs. Yeah. Not the bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Well, like, so maybe we should just be the Ice Tigers. God, that's terrible. That is terrible, but at least we can make our own stuff without Clemson breathing down our neck. Yeah. What was I saying? I don't know. Sorry. Either way, this is a point I wanted to make. If you think about it, the most temporary thing that goes into a good Division One college program is the players. Yeah. They have all these permanent things going in, which is advertising. Now, obviously, that can turn over, but they have advertising, they have funding, they have interest. Now, the last step is players, because you have to think that this rink, they're going to start building it. Who knows? Maybe next year. This rink could be six, eight years out. Who knows how long it's going to take them to build an entire hockey rink. Yeah. With 5,500 seats in it. Nobody has any idea. So, if you started getting those guys in now to play, They'd be gone by the time any of this started. Yeah, but and that that's how you recruit it though, is why don't you be the generation, the class that gets this thing going? So by the time the rink's done and we have enough and we're selling out fifty five hundred seat arenas, our team's gonna be good. Like that's how Dabo and I'm going to football. Yeah. That's how Dabo Sweeney recruited Taj Boyd. He said, let's build this thing. Because the 2016 National Championship is just as much Taj Boyd's as it was Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson would have never came to Clemson if Taj Boyd didn't play as well as he did. Mm -hmm. And then Trevor Lawrence would have never come here without Deshaun Deshaun Watson. Watson. And it's a ripple effect. DJ would have never come here without Trevor Lawrence. That's how they need to recruit. Yeah, it is. But like we said, that the arena's in the early stages of planning. Yeah. They just approved to start planning for it. So I guess if they have a number of seats, then they must have done something. But it's still in the early stages of planning, which 
I don't know how fast things move in Georgia, but if they move as fast as they do in South Carolina, judging by the highway in it'll Greenville, it'll be twelve years. It'll be twelve years before <laughs> this rink is done. Yeah, I don't know. But that's the thing is like the players are the last thing to come. They have now they will have the rink, the funding, the fans. Then they get the player. It's the same kind of trajectory that ASU went off of. So, but but ASU already had the foundation that Georgia's now going to have to build from scratch. What we need to do, as in you and I, need to figure out how Georgia laid the foundation and we need to propose that here at Clemson because, as I said it as we open the podcast, I have an NHL contact that is like kind of mentoring me. You are only a freshman and I see amazing big things. I see you doing amazing and big things. I mean, this could legit be our career. Yeah. Why here's, not here's try to num- build it here? Here's the number one thing. Our arena's forty five minutes away. Their arena even before was a walk away from campus. I think there are enough hockey fans or at least people looking for things to do on Friday night at ten o'clock to come out to games if it weren't such a hassle to get there. Who's going to think about going 45 minutes to a game? Yeah. Nobody. The fact that they can walk off campus, go through downtown, pop in and out of the game, that's the reason why they sell so many tickets. Well, the amount of people... I mean, Greenville has an ECHL team. Mm-hmm. And the I know for a fact the amount of Clemson alumni that get jobs in Greenville is pretty massive. So, we just got to get the word out. But yeah, how do we go about doing that? And if anybody listening an hour and five minutes into this podcast has any ideas of how me and Christian can get rich quick off this, no. But, <laughs> I mean, because we, we, we genuinely care about this sport. That's why we do a podcast. Yeah. That's why. And Realistically, we wouldn't be allowed to make money, any money off of it, so. It's completely motivated by, like, we want to see the program get better. Yeah, exactly. It's not about money. It's about, well, one, it's about us being able to further, like, our career based off these opportunities. But also, we care about this program. Otherwise, we wouldn't go up. I mean, you're a freshman. You're, right now, on Fridays and Saturday nights, you're supposed to be out not drinking, because that's not allowed. But going out and doing the college experience, going out with friends, and you are sacrificing your Fridays and Saturday nights at 10 o'clock to go do something that you genuinely care about. Yeah. And the problem is, how do we get other people to feel that way? Yeah. Yeah, It's tough when the arena's so far away. Yeah, because in Athens, it's what, a five-minute walk from campus? Exactly, and that's the only difference that you can think of. If they're at the bare minimum of their program, they're as good as we were, because you have to imagine at some point they were. Like we just beat level. them, right? We just beat them, right? So that's not the thing. The thing is, yeah, we are to... not with this. This is a different team with the tryouts that we had in the spring. We're we have the talent. We just beat them. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. We have the talent to bring people to our games. I don't know about you, but calling the game last Friday was. I was punching your arm because I was so excited that we Mm -hmm. won. It was awesome. What a game it was, back and forth. It was like a 12-round heavyweight fight. People would come to watch that, and it all comes back to if it wasn't 45 minutes away. Mm -hmm. 
Right, it has to. Yeah. So which things, yeah. What all this comes back to is Christian and myself, we don't see this happening in the near future for Clemson at all. No. But how do we get the ball rolling so that by the time I leave and the following year you leave, that this is the ball is rolling towards yeah, this? At least eventually. we got something. And yeah. I think it might maybe it starts with the renovations coming at the pavilion. Who knows? Maybe I mean if we can actually start making money off this, like Tiger Vision as a whole, or Clemson, or as a Clemson whole, yeah. ice hockey as a whole, yeah. we could put our money together to potentially get a fan bus or vans, and then at least go to the school and say, "Hey, can you please pay pay for more than one practice a week because this team is actually good practicing once a week, which is way less than some of these other teams." Clemson club hockey, I mean Georgia club hockey practices three or four times a week. Because they can all just walk to the ring. I'm not saying they they can actually walk, but but yeah, you're right. And at least with something like substantial, like the team is having some success, Pe- kids want to come here because they know that they can play hockey here. Then you can say, well, student affairs committee or whatever it is, we need more money because they give us next to nothing right now. Because they can only practice once a week, which is. Not enough. I'll tell you what, there's enough people. It's what? We joke, but it's honestly like the stands seat, what, 40 people? If that. Yeah. It's literally three benches on either side of the. There's enough people here at Clemson. We have like 20,000 undergrad. There's 40 people that want to go to a hockey game. Of course. We could get a short bus if we can get enough funding. We could fill up. The school definitely has vans. We could fill up a van or a bus Mm -hmm. to head to the pavilion. Right? Yeah. And that's how it starts. Yeah. But everything revolves around money, and we don't have it. Nope. So, if you have any ideas, or if you're just, if you're listening and you're just loaded, uh, DM the podcast and you can Venmo one of us. (laughs) You can Venmo $10,000. Yeah. Anyway. I'm rooting for it. I want University of Georgia to get a D1 program, because I think that'd be awesome for hockey around here. I think... That could be the number one step in That's what student affairs saying, okay, well, like people actually care about hockey here. Like Maybe we can do something with this. Maybe the athletic program says, well, all right, fine, you can use our Nike uh, retainer or whatever they whatever deal they have with Nike. You yeah. can use that. We'll pay for jerseys. You can put the paw on it. You can call yourself Clemson Hockey. And at least that. Like baby steps. At least we can start to get people to actually like like hockey. Yeah. Or people who already like hockey to want to cheer for the team. Yeah. I hope it happens. Even if that, even if none of that happens in Clemson, I think it would still be awesome to well, have a D1 I'll tell you what, the people, the people that care about hockey, such as yourself and myself, if Georgia goes D1 and say they bring Ohio State or North Dakota to Georgia... I'm I'm willing to make the hour and twenty minute drive to Athens to go see that. Doubt. Exactly. Yeah. So people can make the forty five minute drive for our own team. We just have to figure out how. Yeah. And before you mentioned the recruiting standpoint for Georgia, who doesn't want to go to Athens to to play hockey? Are you kidding me? If you want to play hockey at the D one level, and whatever, say you're from Ari- not Arizona is a bad example, but say you're from somewhere and you want to go play somewhere warm. 
but stay on the East Coast and you have to choose between Alabama Huntsville and Athens, Georgia, UGA, the team with a perennial top 10 football team, awesome athletic program, awesome school, great atmosphere. That's such an easy sell to go play in Georgia. Also, since it's starting out, if you're on the tier of D1, say the big teams like North Dakota, Notre Dame, Providence, mm-hmm. UMass, yeah. say they're not giving you the time of day, but you're at your skill level is at that level of like you're good enough to play juniors or whatever, that would be a perfect. And if you can get a full team right. of all those players, they might actually do something. Because the number one repellent for kids who think are thinking about playing junior hockey is, do I throw away the rest of my life to go after this dream of playing hockey? Yeah, at a high level. But now you can go to Georgia and get an education and play club hockey, where you play a split schedule against. Every now and then you get to go over to Alabama Huntsville and play a game against them, or every now and then you, whatever, you drive up to West Virginia or something like that and play West Virginia or Virginia. Like, it's an easy sell. Yeah. But I think the thing that happens has to happen here to start building the program is you take Georgia out of the SEC, HC, or whatever. SEC, HL. Whatever they call it. Yeah. You take them out of that, you put them in D1, and you let them get their butt kicked for two years. Put them in the Sun Belt. There's only two teams in there. Alabama, Huntsville, Arizona State. Yeah, but I'm saying in the ACAJ... If you want to, you got to stay in club hockey for at least a couple of years. Oh, so move obviously up to D1. Start, you ACHA move up to ACHA D1, and you just because that's like get that's like D1 programs, club teams, right? So you right, would face like Penn State club team, yeah, Ohio yeah, State exactly. club team, Boston University club yeah. team, yeah. Like our golf team's phenomenal, mm-hmm. right? And our club golf team just won nationals. Right. So you're a also part of very that, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like there's definitely trickled down for sure. Exactly. So, yeah, you put them in ACHAD1, you, you let them get their butt kicked, you start players are playing faster, the team is starting to win games, you say, well, here's this new arena, we're thinking about starting a D1 program here. Guys are like, okay, I'll be a part of that. Like you said, sure, I'll be a part of the generation that brings club hockey to the southeast. Yeah. I mean, D1 hockey to the southeast. You can build it up from there. We've also seen with the success of the Hurricanes how – it can be successful in the mm-hmm. South. Because Raleigh, believe it or not, after March ends, is a hockey town. Yeah. And Georgia is, has a lot of transplants. There's a lot of people from elsewhere in the country yep. who bring their love of hockey there, and then they have nowhere to no out. The closest rink's an hour and a half. Uh-huh. Right. Athens is probably the only rink anywhere near there. It just happens to be near the school. Yeah. That or Atlanta. Other than that. And if you look on the website... Club hockey is already an enormous part of that arena in Athens. Yeah. The Georgia team is like the number one pull for that entire complex. Yeah, it's not concerts. It's that. Uh-huh. Yeah. We, w- we went on a long time about that, but I think it would be awesome to see that. Well, let's just say the trade deadline preview for next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Because we've... The trade deadline but is on February 24th, and we'll we'll do a full preview for that next week. Yeah, so we got plenty of time before uh-huh. then. But I, these are conversations that need to be had of how do two students that just have a, a burning love for hockey get the clout, the 
representation here at Clemson for our hockey team. Yeah. Because we're seeing big moves like Georgia, but Georgia pays to outsource their broadcast. We don't, right? So they bring in actual professionals, in quotations. How do we become professionals ourselves is essentially because we're not a we're not NCAA athletes we could get paid by Tiger Vision if Tiger Vision becomes a company or a yeah so I don't know but it's exciting exciting stuff I'm getting myself worked up over this but there's a distinct possibility that they're just putting in this rink because people like hockey in Georgia and they're just going to stay a D3 club team and just in a couple of years start beating up on Clemson again. I don't know. I mean, I really hope that's not the to case. To get this amount of funding for a D3 school, like. And 5,500 seats is like, what other reason do you have to put that into just a hockey rink? That's massive. They're, they're still going to have this other place for a concert hall. So you're not, and it has 6,000 seats. So there's no point in having other concerts yeah. in this 5,500 seat arena. It's just for hockey. And no youth hockey team is going to get 5,500 people to come watch their game. Yeah. The only reason that they would be building this rink is for club hockey, unless they're thinking about getting an ECHL team or something like that. Also, I, I do want to point out before we head out. Which they already have one in it. That Arizona State was just a powerhouse at ACHA D1. Yeah, right, and I mentioned But they that. also are the number one undergrad school in the country population-wide. They have 73,000 undergrad. <laughs> so their pool of... Drawing people is insanely big. It's quadruple what we have here at Clemson or Georgia. So, and I'll tell you something that actually helps. The best USA player in the world or in the NHL right now is from Arizona. Mm -hmm. And that's something we haven't seen before. So is Clayton Keller. Yeah. But Austin Matthews I'm talking about. And, yeah, and technically the Kachuk brothers are from there too because that's what their dad moved after he's done playing. Yeah, let's also point out that Arizona's playing lights out, but we can get into the yeah. standings next week. But yeah. Arizona is definitely becoming a state for hockey. To put this into perspective, Schneider Arena, home of Providence College, one of the best teams in the country, has 3,000 seats, and they just renovated it to make it that much. Like three years ago, they renovated. So, a school like Providence whose number one pull is Division One hockey, or number one athletic pull. Yeah. They're not willing to make the commitment that the state of Georgia is right now. And granted, it's a private university, and it's really small, but still. I mean, yeah, Providence is in the Frozen Four, like, every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas Georgia just lost to Clemson hockey. I don't know. We can continue this conversation at another time because I, I need to collect my thoughts. But what, how I'm approaching this is let's do something like this here at Clemson. Mm-hmm. But I don't see the state of South Carolina funding <laughs> no, an ice hockey rink, say in Anderson, that's only 15 minutes away compared to 45 mm-hmm. minutes. Anderson would be a perfect place for a hockey rink, like out here. Around this area. Perfect being used relatively because. Yeah. Yeah. It's still South Carolina. But yeah, I don't see that happening. I don't see us getting to the point where UGA is right now because, like, that's where you'd have to get it to even think about going to the state to request a new arena like this. 
and with the arena with our arena so far away it just doesn't seem like that makes any sense yeah also with Bon Secours Wellness Center in Greenville they would never do this which stinks but even without any implications to Clemson Club Hockey it would be electric awesome to have a Division One program in, in Georgia. Anywhere close to mm-hmm. here. I, again, I would make the drive mm-hmm. if they played a big-time team. For sure. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for... We had a lot of fun today. Deep conversation. It was good. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sticking with us this long about stuff you, you guys aren't even... Most of you aren't even close to, right? We got listeners yeah. in Virginia and the New England area. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> They're so like thank you. Georgia hockey. Who thank gives a crap? Go support college hockey. Yeah, college. If you really want to help, CAW. If you can't give us ten thousand dollars over Venmo, then that's the one. I thing think you Venmo can is do. a limit, but if you're rich, just seek us out. Essentially, is what we'll I'm saying. find a way to take your money. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening this long. Check us out Instagram, Twitter. Email us if you have any questions or it's good goal podcast money. on everything. Yep. If at you want to get involved. And shout us out on Twitter. Again, like we we love we love interacting with my brother. Um uh, you like me and you interact through that. Yeah. Uh you saying stop using calf's gifts or have a change the password <laughs> on the Good Go Podcast Twitter. But any que- or like if you're just dying for us to talk about a topic, please tag us. I mean we we're just starting out. This is only episode seven, so I mean, we're trying to ramp this thing up. Yeah, we want to get it big. We want yeah, a so. legit following that can back us up when we want to work for the NHL. Yeah, essentially. That's <laughs> what it really boils down to. All right. We'll so see thank y'all. you for being so loyal. There are 20 of you who are who listen every single time. Yep. And that's not even a joke. I, I know 20 is a hilariously small number, but still, that's a lot for us. Yeah. So thank you. Yep. It's only a two-man job here, so. Yeah. We do all the editing and everything, so we appreciate any support we get. Editing. We're about to put this out right now. All right. (laughs) We'll see you all next week. Thank you.